Happy Nurses Week to all the nurses and future nurses listening. To celebrate, I'm having a 20% off sale on Study Sesh. This is my private podcast that features over 140 episodes to help you study on the go. Formats include pod quizzes, power hour deep dives, drills, and case studies. If you're tired of sitting at your desk or staring at a screen, but still want to review for nursing school, it's time to check out Study Sesh. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in that top menu bar. That's straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in the menu bar. See you there. Hello, hello. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And if you are a returning listener, hey yo, I'm so glad you're back. I'm Nurse Mo, and this is the Straight A Nursing Podcast, where I teach concepts and share tips to help you thrive in nursing school and at the bedside. So today we are going to be talking about a communication format that a lot of students maybe initially struggle with when they're first introduced to it, aren't really sure how to utilize it. So we'll be diving into S-bar communication. Before we do that, though, let's take a quick minute for our listener shout out. And this shout out goes out to Heather, who is a student in my Crucial Concepts Bootcamp which is a nursing school prep course. And here is what Heather has to say. Nurse Mo has laid out an amazingly organized course. The tools and tips provided eased my anxiety. The refresher course on AMP topics and the amazing step-by-step guide to master dosage calculations without a doubt are worth every penny. I've searched many different programs and this is the best. Thank you so much, Heather, for sharing your experience with Crucial Concepts Bootcamp, and of course, for being a listener of the podcast. I'm so, so glad that it's helping ease your anxiety so that you can feel more confident and thrive in nursing school. So if you're curious what Heather is talking about, she's talking about my nursing school prep course, Crucial Concepts Bootcamp, and I'll put a link in the episode notes so that you can check that out. And the concept that we're talking about today, which is S-bar communication, is one that I cover in even more detail inside bootcamp, along with other important communication formats, a ton of foundation concepts, and strategies that set you up for nursing school success. So if that sounds like a good time for you, then check it out in the episode notes or go to straightanursingstudent.com and just click on courses in that top menu bar. So what is S-bar communication. So S-bar is a communication format that is used in healthcare to convey important information in a really consistent, concise, clear, and effective way. So it's S-B-A-R, but we just call it S-bar. It was originally utilized by the U.S. military in the 1940s in environments where effective communication was essential for safety, such as on a nuclear submarine. It has since been adopted and adapted by the healthcare industry where it plays a very, very important role in patient safety. And the reason for this is because communication and patient safety, they definitely go hand in hand. 
Unfortunately, poor communication has been shown by the Joint Commission to be a contributing factor in more than 60% of adverse events in the clinical setting. And adverse events are defined as injuries that are caused by medical conduct that results in disability or an increased length of stay. And medical conduct could be not treating a condition because, hey, guess what? It wasn't reported to the next individual or wasn't reported clearly and the patient did not get adequate treatment. So it could be the wrong treatment or lack of treatment. Now to help alleviate this and prevent errors, SBAR has become a standard communication format that can be utilized in a variety of situations to help ensure patient safety. So let's talk about when SBAR is used. So SBAR is generally used in two key ways. One is when communicating critical information to the physician or other members of the healthcare team. And two is when giving handoff report to another nurse. And when I say handoff report, that could be you giving report to the nurse who's covering you for your breaks or you giving report at the end of your shift. So let's first talk about using SBAR to notify a physician of some important information about your patient. So reasons to notify a physician are pretty numerous and include things like changes in patient condition, parameters that are specified by the physician, such as abnormal vital signs, and when advocating for a patient need that has not yet been met. So let's do a few examples. So first, looking at a change in patient condition. A great example would be you call the doctor to report that the patient had a large amount of blood in their stool. That is definitely something you would want the physician to know. Other times, the physician will write notification parameters, and often this is for things like vital signs. So let's say the MD has written an order to be notified if the patient's blood pressure is less than 90 systolic. So you would call if your patient's blood pressure was 86 over 53. And then advocating for a patient need. Let's say you've got a patient who has Parkinson's disease, but nobody has ordered the patient's carbidopa levodopa to be continued. You would 100% want to call the MD to advocate for this medication because as you know, a delay in treatment could be detrimental for the patient and cause significant worsening of symptoms. This is just a few examples of why you might call a physician and scenarios in which you would use SBAR communication. Before we get into an actual example of how this might look, let's talk about using it for handoff report. So this can occur at the end of a shift, which is one of the most common times it is used. And when it's At the end of the shift, we often call it shift report or end of shift report. It is a type of handoff report. You're handing off care to the next nurse. You would also want to use a handoff report in SBAR format when you're transitioning the patient between phases of care. For example, your patient is transferred from one department to another, like maybe they were in the PACU after surgery and now they're being transferred to the med surge unit. Or maybe the patient is on the med surge unit but is going down 
to endoscopy to get a colonoscopy. You would give handoff report to the endoscopy nurse. So we've talked a lot about what SBAR is utilized for and why it's important, but what does it actually mean? What are those letters, S-B-A-R? So the letters in SBAR stand for situation, background, assessment, and recommendation. Now, because SBAR differs slightly in how it is utilized, which would be, again, calling a physician, for example, to notify them of something or advocate for something, and also used as part of handoff report, I'm going to go through each type with you separately. So let's first talk about using SBAR to call a physician. So again, that first component is S for situation. And what this is, is a very, very brief overview of what is going on with the patient and quickly conveys why you are calling. Your goal here is to get the other person's undivided attention. Think of this as the headline in a breaking news story. Key information to include here is your name and your department, the patient's name, where the patient is located, like their room number, because the physician may need to look them up quickly, and a brief description of the situation. So here's an example. Hi, Dr. Oliver. This is Maureen on the cardiac care unit. I'm calling about patient Robinson in 5310. She's complaining of intense, crushing chest pain. So as you can see there, I started by introducing myself, making sure they know what unit I'm calling from, because there's a lot of context with the type of unit you're calling from and the different types of problems and conditions that a patient might have on different types of units. On a cardiac care unit, the patient has some kind of cardiac issue, probably chronic cardiac issues and possibly also an acute issue like we're seeing here. I also talked about which patient I was calling about and which room number. Again, the patient may want to pull them up very quickly to look things up. And I get right to the point of why I'm calling. She's complaining of intense, crushing chest pain. I've got Dr. Oliver's full and undivided attention. The next letter is a B, and that's for background. And in this section, you're describing the background as it pertains to this patient and the situation. This is not where you go into the fact the patient had their foot amputated, unless, of course, it's contributing to the situation. You want to keep it very specific to the underlying situation that has you so concerned. Elements to include here are the patient's primary diagnosis and any secondary medical conditions that may be contributing. So here's your example. She was admitted yesterday for palpitations and a syncopal episode. She has a history of atrial fibrillation, coronary artery disease, and a prior myocardial infarction. Notice I didn't talk about Mrs. Robinson's history of gallbladder disease or the fact that she deals with bladder control issues or is hard of hearing. None of that stuff is relevant, right? I stuck to her cardiac history and why she is here in the hospital. The next letter is A for assessment. When conveying your assessment of the situation, you're providing additional data related to the patient's problem that they're having right now. 
This can include relevant vital signs, lab values, and any physical assessment data you've obtained. So here's your example. Heart rate is 136 and irregular. Blood pressure has dropped 20 points from her baseline and is now 94 over 62. She's diaphoretic and complaining of shortness of breath as well as pain that is a 10 out of 10 that radiates to her jaw. Again, I'm not going into other assessment findings that have nothing to do with this current cardiac-looking event. I want to keep it very focused, very specific. If the physician has other questions, they'll ask me that once I get through my SBAR communication. So the next letter is that R. That's that recommendation or request. This is where you advocate for what you think the patient needs. In other words, what is the next step in addressing this problem? Sometimes you will have a very specific request, and other times you might just know something is wrong or something is off with the patient. You're not really sure what they need. You might just ask the doctor for, what do you want me to do to address this problem? Sometimes you really want the doctor to come see the patient. So recommendation does not always mean you know exactly what to do next. The doctor should know exactly what to do next, but if you know what should be done next, you can make that recommendation. So here's your example. I'm requesting you come see this patient as soon as possible. In the meantime, would you like a 12-lead EKG and cardiac enzymes? This is, of course, you are leading down the path of you suspect she's having an MI. A 12-lead EKG would help us determine that, and cardiac enzymes would be helpful for diagnosis as well. So let's go through that one from top to bottom. I'll tell you my SBAR report for Mrs. Robinson, whom I'm very concerned about. Hi, Dr. Oliver. This is Maureen on the cardiac care unit. I'm calling about patient Robinson in 5310. She's complaining of intense, crushing chest pain. She was admitted yesterday for palpitations and a syncopal episode. She has a history of atrial fibrillation, coronary artery disease, and a prior MI. Her heart rate is 136 and irregular. Blood pressure has dropped 20 points from her baseline and is now 94 over 62. She's diaphoretic and complaining of shortness of breath. She states the pain is a 10 out of 10 that radiates to her jaw. I'm requesting you come see this patient as soon as possible. In the meantime, would you like a 12-lead EKG and cardiac enzymes? At that point, the MD is going to probably be giving you some verbal orders over the telephone. In a lot of cases, you may have called a rapid response prior to even calling the MD. You may have called a rapid response first, and then the rapid response nurse may be the one calling the MD. It really depends on the protocols of your hospital. This is just an example to show you how it works. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about my best pro tips for calling a physician with your SBAR communication. So let's talk a little bit about some pro tips for calling one of the physicians or the nurse practitioner or the physician's assistant. And yes, this can be intimidating when you're new, but with these tips, I'm hoping that you'll feel a bit more confident. So one tip that I always advise newer nurses to do is to write out your S-bar before you call to ensure that you don't forget any important information. I still do this today. If I've got a situation that requires an S-bar and it's more than just a simple 
request, I'm going to jot down the data points I want to make sure that I get across. And if you're especially nervous, which you might be in the very beginning, you can ask a trusted coworker, a mentor, your preceptor to go over it with you quickly before you pick up the phone. Another tip is to anticipate the doctor's questions and have that information readily available. This could include lab results. It could be their urine output. It could be any other assessment findings. You also want to speak with confidence and stay on track. Also, I would advise you not to take it personally if the other person is a bit abrupt with you. Physicians are pulled in a million different directions all at once, and phone calls from other members of the healthcare team are generally dealt with quickly and efficiently. Also, don't take it personally if the person you're calling is downright rude, and yes, this does happen. Remember, it's not about you, and someone else's unprofessional behavior is not a reflection on you. You should not take it personally. You're doing your job as the patient advocate regardless of how the other person reacts. You also want to repeat back any verbal orders given over the phone. If you're a nursing student, you will not be receiving verbal orders over the phone. But if you're a new RN, you will be, and you must ensure that you get the order correct. So repeat it back. If they say, give 20 milligrams of furosemide IV once, you say, I have an order for 20 milligrams of furosemide IV once, and they'll confirm that you heard that correctly. There was a time when I received a verbal order for clonidine, and I repeated back clonopin, and they're like, oh, no, 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 clonidine. Those are two very different medications, and that is exactly why you repeat back what you think you heard just in case you didn't hear correctly. Any miscommunications can be cleared up. Now, sometimes when you ask for your recommendation, you don't get any orders and maybe the MD isn't coming to see the patient. So then you want to ask them if they would like a follow-up call if the condition persists. Sometimes they'll say no. And if they, for example, let's say you're calling for a systolic blood pressure below 90 and they originally had an order to call for a systolic blood pressure below 90. If they now say they don't want you to call for a blood pressure below 90, a really smart thing to do would be, would you like to write specific blood pressure parameters so that we don't call you unnecessarily? And then they'll say, yes, call me if the blood pressure is below 85. And then now you have a new order to put in. If no orders are received, then you can just write that in your nursing note, physician notified for this particular situation, no orders received, so that it's documented that you did your part. And of course, if you're ever concerned about a patient, sometimes you'll have a physician who doesn't want to do anything about a problem. But if the problem persists, does this mean you're not calling back? No, it does not mean you're not calling back. Sometimes you have to call repeatedly before someone will actually realize the importance and severity and do something about it. If you're a new nurse and you're having trouble navigating this, a really great resource would be your preceptor or your charge nurse. And then lastly, be sure to say thank you regardless of the other person's demeanor. One thing we can always do is choose kindness. And I like to think that kindness can have a positive ripple effect. It's free. It's easy, and it helps you stay in a positive mindset. 
Now let's talk a bit about using SBAR to give handoff report or change of shift report. So the situation part of your handoff report is a brief overview of the patient's current situation and includes elements such as the patient's name, their age, their admission date, their primary diagnosis, their key highlights from the hospitalization, such as surgeries or maybe a stint in the ICU. And then for their background in this element, talk about the patient's relevant medical history. Make sure you include items that pertain to the patient's current diagnosis and the reason why they're here, as well as any chronic conditions that will also need to be managed. For example, the patient may have been admitted for pneumonia, but if they also have diabetes or hypertension, you'll be managing those conditions as well. So those definitely are part of your background. In the assessment section, when you're giving your handoff report, this is where you essentially go head to toe and share pertinent information and any abnormal findings. You don't need to talk about every single thing, especially if most of the things with the patient are normal, but you definitely want to hit the highlights, the key things, and the abnormal findings. For example, if you have a patient who has been admitted for an asthma exacerbation, you're definitely including information about their respiratory status. If their lung sounds are clear, are you reporting that in report? Yes. You don't want to just talk about abnormal findings because clear lungs in a patient who was admitted for severe asthma, that's important. The patient's doing better. This is good information for the next nurse to know. And then the last component is R for recommendation. And in this section, you're working to progress the patient's care. You'll list out things that the patient needs in order to meet their goals. For example, Do they need to have a bowel movement today? Do they need to increase their mobility or transition to PO medications? Whatever it is, it goes into this part of your SBAR so that you can work on the patient meeting their goals of care. If you want to dive a little deeper into giving report, then I'd love for you to check out one of my very first episodes, so please be kind. I was a brand new podcaster back then, but my intention was pure, okay? So I did an episode number seven where I talk about giving excellent end of shift report. And of course, we also go into this in boot camp. And you know, I'd love to see you there. And if you are interested in using a report sheet in that S bar format, I've got free samples available for you on my website. Just go to straightanursingstudent.com forward slash report. So what is coming up for you next week on the Straight A Nursing Podcast? We're going to be talking about some key labs that you should know before your first clinical day. There's going to be a lot of labs that you'll be learning as a nursing student and a new nurse. Before you go to your first clinical day, I'm going to talk about some of the key ones. You want to make sure you know these so that you can interpret some basic lab findings on your patients and feel a lot more confident in putting the puzzle pieces together to understand their disease condition and their treatments. So I'll see you back here next week for that. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing, a proud member of the Airwave Media Network. 
For more educational podcasts, check out airwavemedia.com. And for more nursing-related content, go to straightanursingstudent.com.